Hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh, for those who don't know me, I'm Andre, uh, a, a, a local missionary that works in Africa um, and see God doing great and wonderful things in Africa. Um, it's really a privilege to can also report back to the church that, you know, many of you have been involved with us, you know, building homes for the poorest people group in the world, the Batwa Bat Bat Pikmi people in Burundi. And we were able to raise money for 55 homes, and we built all for them a home. So this winter, or any season at least, they will be dry, and hopefully healthier. We also have been able them to get health cards, so at least they can now uh, go to a clinic if they are sick. They could never do that before, and so we just give God the glory that with small things like this we could make a difference. But here's the great news. I had the privilege to preach to them the gospel for the first time, and more than 50 of them came forward to pray to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so what a wonderful opportunity it was to bring these people who came out of the hoods, out of the forest, just worshiping the God of the forest, to also come to know that Christ cares for them, you know, in a way that we only know the gospel can help us to understand and what a privilege for me to could have done that. But thank you to you that, that's praying and prayed with us during that time of having to raise that fund. Some of you have helped us and donated towards that. And so what a joy to could see the difference this is going to make. We can't wait to go back there in January to actually be with them and experience this. And yeah, when you see things like this and you realize that God is basically using, you know, an opportunity like this to let his light shine to a people that is so much in need, not only of salvation, but also just the basic needs of life. Not the wants of life, but just the basic needs of life. And it makes me think back of, you know, the church and the condition of the church. And every time there's a crisis, I, I remember when 9-11 happened in 2001, the churches in America was too small to take all the people. Everybody rushed back to the church. And, and for a couple of weeks, it was like there was a revival. And then people go back into their norms and back into their normal trend and the shock is over and, and things just went normal. And then we had COVID, another onslaught, another enemy that came into our midst, an enemy that now striked us everywhere. Doesn't matter where we were in the world, you know, we were impacted by the fear that was created and the, and the idea that people are going to fall over like flies and die and, and all these arguments and thoughts just made people to, to, to be in miserable fear. Well, this time, the devil had a different tactic. He got us all out of the churches. In fact, for the most, he closed the churches down. And three years later, the people have not come back. In some instances, they reckon that more than half of the population of America have not returned to church yet after COVID. And so clearly this time the devil got what he wants. He got our lights to be put out. He switched the power off that feeds us and helps us to come mature in Jesus Christ to make a difference for him in this world. The United States have just been declared the third most unreached country in the world. A country who have once been the missionary sending country is now receiving missionaries to come and save America. You'll find different statistics on, online, but one of the ones that we can trust with the people I'm working with, they reckon that only 18% of Americans are still attending church on a regular basis. It means one out of every five. 
of the citizens of this country still attending church on a regular basis. That includes the Roman Catholic Church, the Jehovah Witnesses, the Mormons. Everybody associates themselves with the Christian religion. That means we are living in a mission field. How do, we, how do we reach people in a mission field? We reach them by letting our light shine in this world. Helping them to come to understand that there is a God who brings light into the most dark moments. Whatever circumstances we can find our, ourselves in. doesn't matter how deep our darkness can become. It's in that valley of death, in that valley of darkness that Jesus Christ comes alongside us and walks with us through that to bring us light to can get through that darkness. And so this morning I want to talk about it's time to let our light shine. Because I think through COVID, our lights went out and the lights is still off for most Christians. They've never plugged in to the church, which is the body of Jesus Christ. You see, as the body of Christ, we cannot be a Christian by ourselves. We need one another. We are a body. If, if one part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts together. When one part of the body rejoices, every part of the body rejoices together. And if we are not with the body, if we are not associated with the body, if we are not connected with the body, then our light will dim and our light eventually will go out because we are not connected to the power of the body, which is Jesus Christ, who is the light of the body. And the only way that we can let our light shine is if we are connected to the head of the body, which is Jesus Christ. And so if we are away from the body, we are away from the light. And then our light will go out. And we sit there in our own little corner and feel sorry for ourselves and feel miserable that we have been treated badly or that we had to fear for our lives or whatever else it is that causes us to separate ourselves from the church. In most cases, it's sin. Uh, in some cases, it is compromise. And this is what I want to talk about this morning because Paul addressed this issue. It's not something new. Paul is facing this already in the first century church that people's light was out. They, they, they surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ. They became believers. They became the church. But it didn't take them very long to disassociate themselves from the head of the body, which is Jesus Christ. And so their lights went out. And so in Ephesians, a book that's all written about the church, it's all about giving us the theology of the church, giving us the, the knowledge, the understanding of what is the church in the first three chapters. And the next three chapters, it makes it very practical. It shows us how we as the church actually should put that into practice on a daily basis and live this life that we have received in Christ Jesus. And as the church is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, when we disassociate from that body of believers, because this, this, this building is not the church, the fact that we are in this building gathering together doesn't make us the church. What makes us the church today is everyone in this building who has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ has been baptized into the body of Jesus Christ at salvation, and we are the church. And so even here in the building, we can have some people that's not part of the church. It's possible for unbelievers to come to the church and attend the meeting. 
It doesn't make them the church. It's only Christ that brings us into the church through the new birth in his death and his resurrection. And that's the true church. And so we here today who have experienced that new birth in Jesus Christ, we are the church. And so when Paul writes, he writes to us. He addresses us. He addresses us as the saints. Nine times in this letter, he called the believers saints. Yet in the religious movements, saints are recognized as people who have done something special in the Christian religion and are remembered as saints. But that's not what Paul said. Paul says to the church, now you who are alive in Christ, who have experienced the greatest miracle the world have ever seen, the miracle of salvation, that a man who's on his way to die for eternity can be saved through faith and repentance in Christ Jesus to now have eternal life. Wow, that's a miracle. That's a miracle that no man can do. That's a miracle that's impossible for mankind, but yet it's the very power of God which He works through His church now to bring that salvation unto a world. How do we do it? We must let our light shine. And if our light is not shining out in this world where Christ has sent us in to be the light of this world, it's not going to happen. We're not going to reach them by staying on our knees, praying in our rooms, in our own privacy where we try to be the church on our own. It's there where we come together in this world and we are the church in the world shining Christ out to a world in a way that they can see even before we open our mouths that there's something about us that is different. We have become aliens when we became Christians. We have become strangers to this world. This is not our home anymore. This is just a traveling place that we travel through to get to home, to get to where we belong, to where our citizenship is, in heaven. And so here on this earth, we need to show this difference. And so here in chapter 5 of Ephesians, we read this word. And I'm starting this, this sermon upside down. <laughs> That's all I can call it. Maybe, maybe the upside down of the sermon might just get our attention. So I'm starting with verse 6, and we'll get to the rest later. We'll backtrack in this sermon and see how that works. If that maybe will get our attention. So I'm going to start with 6, where he says, Therefore... He says, let, your let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. We cannot become partners with the sons of disobedience. We cannot become part of those who are attacking the evangelical church and make us to be the problem of the world. We cannot submit to their pressure. We cannot submit to their lies where they try to put us on a guilt trip, where they try to make us to be the worst people that have ever lived on the face of this world. And I'll show you later why we have got to such a point even in the church from the Word of God. Do not become partners of, with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Hawk as children of light, to the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern 
what is pleasing to God. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. I'm going to read it again. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead, instead expose them. I think of things like Halloween. I think of things like Freemasonries, like witchcraft, child sacrificing, pornography, abortion, sexual identity crisis, same-sex marriages. This is the things that we must expose, not participate in them. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We must hawk as children of the light. And we look at these things. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. Wow. For us to even get into discussions about these things is disgustful in the sight of God. It should not even be something we should consider, but it should be transparent to us what is wrong is wrong and what is right is right because we have the Holy Spirit who dwells in our midst. We, the church, are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in us, not the building. In us, the people who are the church. We have Him to show us what is right and what is good and what is true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. But when anything is exposed by the light, verse 13, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead. We could have put there, And so let your light shine again, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand the will of the Lord, what the will of the Lord is. See, as the church, we don't have a choice what we have to do. We have to do what's pleasing to God. We have to do what is His will. So what must we then do to let our light shine? What is Paul trying to tell us what should be the activity and the action of the believers of the church of Jesus Christ if we want to follow in his example and teaching for us as the church. He starts with, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. It is time for us to let our light shine, our purity in Jesus Christ. And when I'm talking about purity, it's not just about sin because we all struggle with sin. Sin is still the enemy that comes after us as believers and to our own misery, we still give in to those temptations from time to time. We all battle the flesh. We all battle the world. We all battle Satan who's coming after us. In fact, the more our light shines, the more the sa Satan is going to come for us. The more he will come and try to bring us down to put our light out. The more he will attack us. The more he will send issues across our ways, stumbling blocks in our way to make it difficult for us. 
But in the midst of that, we must stay in purity. So what is the purity that we're talking about? We're talking about the truth of God's revealed word. We talk about what God has already made known to us, that we must stand firm on that foundation. You know the things that's going on in the church today? It's no longer built on the foundation of the word. It's built on the fear that's been created by the narrative of the world. And so the world is determining for us what the Bible should tell us. We don't listen to the Bible anymore. Now we listen to what the world tells us what we should think of the Bible. No, only God and only the Holy Spirit is the one who can help us to understand the Word of God. It's only the Holy Spirit that can help us to understand what God wants us to know. And so it's time for our light to shine our purity in the Word of God. It's time that our yes will be our yes and our no will be our no. That there will be no more compromise Colossians chapter 2 verse 8 says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human traditions. What man thinks, what man wants to reason, what man wants to let us decide what to believe and not to believe. But according to the elemental spirits of this world and not according to to Christ. You see, it's when we take our focus off Christ. When Christ is no longer for us the way, the truth, and the life, and truth becomes something that we can reason about, then we have compromised truth. If truth is no longer what Christ has teach us and what Christ has instructed us to go and teach others to obey, then we are no longer allow our light to shine in the purity of God's word. But it's also time for us in verse 7 and 8, it's time for our light to shine, our unity in Christ. Therefore do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. You see, we, it's not a light that we switch on ourselves. It's a light that comes from the indwelling of God in us. That switch the light on. It's not a light that we can generate. It's not a light that we can pretend. It's not a light, light that we can make to shine. It's a light that can only truly shine when it's Jesus that shines through us. He is the light. And the only way that we could become the light is when the light comes to dwell in us. And then it's His light that shines through us. And every one of us through who that light shine is those who are the body of Christ, who is the true church, who is the church that becomes the shining light to the world out there. We must walk as children of light, saints, those who have been transformed to be like Jesus. And he's busy bringing us through sanctification to that point where we will ultimately find our final sanctification when he returns so that we can truly be sanctified as he is sanctified holy as he is holy. When sinner trusts Christ as his Savior, he is taken out of this world and he is placed in Christ. The believer is in the world physically, but we are not of this world spiritually. We are partners, therefore, with one another in the light of God and not partners with the thinking and the ideas of what the world wants us to believe for us to be an acceptable church. To be an acceptable church, we must be 
the light of Christ Jesus. John 12, so Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. See what happened here? Yes? We, we don't walk in the light of Jesus because remember, Jesus said, My Father is always at work. He was at work, his work, and he will work up to the end. So God is always at work. So God is always moving. He invites us and he commissions us to move with him. So for our light to shine, we must move with the church. We must move with the body of Christ. We must be out in this world living Christ to be the shining light of the church. It's not here where our light shines. But our lights also do shine here. But where our light shines in the darkness, to take the darkness away, is there where we in the world and where everybody dwells still in darkness on their way to a real hell where they will spend eternity if they will not receive the light of Jesus Christ. That's where we need to be the light. That's where we combine it together, must step into this world and let them see the light of Christ that dwells in us. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. Remember, the world around us, they have no clue where they're going. Don't be judgmental upon them. Don't condemn them. Don't point finger at them. Don't be nasty at them. They are the source of darkness in which we must step in to become the light. The light of God is a loving light. It's a light that wants to transform. It's a light that wants to take the darkness away. Because those in darkness doesn't know where they are going. Well, you have the light. Believe in the light that you may become sons of light. For 1 Thessalonians 5, for you are children of light. You are children of the day. We, the church, has the ability, has the power of the Holy Spirit in us to can enter into a world that is in darkness, that is going to a pit where they will fall in for eternity. And all we have to do is be the light of Christ that will make a difference. And so thirdly, it's time to let our light shine in our obedience to Christ. Verse 9, For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right, and true. Now who, de who, who determine what is good and what is right and what is true? The giver of light. Not us, not our reasoning, not our thought pattern, not our theology, not our religion. No, the giver of the light is the one who determines what is good, what is right and what is true. And therefore we stand and try to discern what is pleasing to him. In honesty, COVID have made us to care about what is pleasing for us. We want to be the light of Jesus according to our purpose and our plans of what is good and what is right and what is true. Take no part, no part means zero tolerance for compromise. Zero tolerance. Not 1%, not, here's some gray areas where we can be a little bit tolerated. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. Because remember, this unfruitful works is taking them to a real hell. 
If you partake in this unreal, unfruitful deeds, you are part of the very walk and the very path and the very darkness that will take us into the pit. But instead, expose them. Wow, in the new era after COVID, that's offensive. <laughs> that's very offensive to tell somebody what the Bible says. The world thinks that should put us in prison. To want to tell them what the Bible says. But we can understand why. If only 18% of the American people still goes to church, how in the world can we expect that the government will tell us to follow the Bible? Why would the judges in the court speak outside? Because we're not going to be able to use the Bible as our defense. Although that's the very power of bringing God's light into a dark world, yet they're not going to do. They, we've allowed them, the church in its silence, the church who have switched their lights off, have enabled the darkness to come in among the church. And so it quieted us. So we don't expose these things. We participate in these things. You know, and it's not only COVID. This is happening a long thing. You know, we just celebrated a few weeks ago Halloween. Do you know that the churches is celebrating the day of the devil? That Halloween is a day of celebrating the dead? The demons? We are not dead. We are alive. We are alive in Christ. We cannot celebrate the death. If we believe in the resurrection of Christ Jesus, then we will be with Paul fighting against those who believe that death should be celebrated. It was already starting then. It's not a new thing. It's before Jesus that the Celtic cult already exists that was sacrificing and bringing into being Halloween. That's why the Bible tells us that we are the resurrected. We are the ones who are alive. We have a hope in eternal life. We don't celebrate death. We celebrate life. Can you understand why the world accepts abortion? It starts with things like Halloween. Halloween that celebrates death is what allows us now to kill innocent babies and think it's okay, it's a choice that is good and truthful for me because that's what I want to decide. Halloween is a cultic sect. It's a religious practice of witchcraft. It's a practice where you have to burn the Latin because you try to get the evil spirits to go because some of the dead is evil. How can Christians associate themselves with that? Christians now have drunk and treat. Just playing compromise. We still dress up like the rest of the world. We still look like the world. We still act like the world. Oh, and our excuses? We use this as an opportunity to let the light shine. Really? We're going we're gonna to celebrate the devil's day and want that to be the light to shine? That's like having a one-night stand with the devil. That is the words of the satanic church beginner. His own words is that that is a day. It's like a one-day stand for Christians who celebrate Halloween. With the devil. That's one thing. We can go into Freemasonry. Oh, they're starting so good, aren't they? They look so wonderful that we embrace them because they do all this great social welfare work and they talk about God. You know, the 21st level of Freemasonry, they get married in a covenant with Satan. 
You know that all our government leaders are in the Freemasonries in the 33 level, which is the Illuminati? Where Satan get openly worshipped? Where do you think all this liberal garbage comes from? From that thinking tower of the Freemasonries. And the church embraced them. The church allowed them to be members. The church allowed them to be in leadership in the church. Think of pornography. Wow. You know that pornography destroys your brain? You know that pornography is the most powerful addiction that exists? 62% of Christians in the church are involved in pornography. 62%. That's not so bad. You know what's really bad? 52% of the pastors in the church are involved in pornography. Can you understand why Paul says it's time for us to wake up? It's time to let our light shine. The devil got our lights out. It's time for us to put it on again. Galatians 1 verse 10 says, For I am now seeking the approval of men. It's asking a question, For am I now seeking the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I was still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. If we try to please the world by accepting these things and even start using them, then we are not pleasing God. Then we are not doing what Paul say. We are supposed to please Him through our obedience to His truth, to His expectation. Verse 11 to 14 Take no part. It's time to let your light shine over darkness. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And I can say I jumped ahead of myself again. Get so excited about these things because the church needs to wake up. For it is shameful even to speak of these things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake and arise from the death. And Christ will shine on you. See, when our light is out, we're back in death. We're back in death. We're in darkness. We don't know where we're going. We're just like the rest of the world. We're walking in circles. And we get nowhere. Luke 14, 17 verse 3. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. So if you this morning think... I'm rebuking you. Then that's not I'm rebuking you. I'm just telling you what the words say. I'm just telling you what the Bible tells us is what we need to do to let our light shine so that we can repent, so we can get forgiveness, so we can make right with God, so that our lights can be switched on, that we can become the light of this world. 1 Timothy 5 verse 20, As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all so that the rest may stand in fear. Just back to the Halloween thing. You know that Halloween has many gods. The gods of Gawas that they worship. And yet we celebrate this. You know the Pope in the 7th century is the one who have brought it into existence in the church. By wanting to celebrate the saints. And then of course that was in May. And then to put it together with the 31st of October. And celebrate that together. They start doing this on the 1st of, of November. And now they celebrating it for three days. Since the 9th century. 
You know what happened in the 10th century? The Roman Catholic Church split. People start breaking away from the Roman Catholic Church in the 10th century. When they allow this syncretism to become part of the church. You see, we cannot blend darkness in with the light. We cannot. Then it's no longer light. Because when light comes, it removes darkness. It exposes darkness. It points darkness for what it is. Something that must disappear. Something that mustn't be tolerated. Something that mustn't be exist. Because light brings the absence of darkness. is only the absence of light. And when light comes in, it takes away. It takes away these things. It exposes these things. Of what they really are. They are of no existence. But they are a compromise to take us captive. To take us away from what we're supposed to be in Christ. Then he gets to verse 15 and 16 and he said, It's time to let our light shine as wise witnesses for Jesus. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time. Because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish. But understand what the will of the Lord is. Do we know what the will of God is? Do you as a believer, as a child of God, know what God's will is for your life? Do you understand God's plan for you? God wants us to surrender to Him. That's His will for us. He wants us to come and step in under His Lordship and make Him God of our lives. He wants us to become His obedient servants that will follow in His victorious likeness. He wants us to give our time. He wants us to give our resources. He wants to give us the gifts that He gave us. So that like Colossians say, we can walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. So let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. You see, the rebuking is not for the world. The rebuking is for the church. The rebuking is to tell the church to wake up. In the world, we must come with the grace of Jesus. You know, when you go back into the Gospels, the only people that Jesus rebuked and attacked was who? The spiritual leaders, the Pharisees and the scripts. In fact, he told them straightforward, you are the children of Satan. He told them straightforward, you are like deaf tombs. You look wonderful, white plastered deaf tombs. You look wonderful on the outside, but on the inside, it's just rotten death. He didn't stop from rebuking them when he was shining the light of God's truth into their world. And so we must go into this world thinking wisely how to approach these people. Not rebuking them. They're in darkness. They don't know where they go. They don't even understand how evil their lives have become. They think this is just what it is. This is what life is. They've lost their common sense. You know, one of the easiest things to know in life is what is your gender. That's the easiest thing in life to know. 
doesn't take much to know what's your gender. From a creative perspective, from the creator himself. In darkness, man has become so confused that there is now 101 different genders that you can pick from what you want to be. Go and Google it. It might be more than 101 by the time I'm speaking because it's keep growing. It's not a set deal. They're so not knowing where they're going that they keep adding to the number to can try to be inclusive. Yet God made them man and woman, male and female. It's simple to know what you are. God is the institutor of holy marriage. Today, the world say, a man can marry a man. You know what? You can even be the pastor of the church and be married to a man. That's how the church have compromised. That's how we've allowed darkness to come into the church. And it's destroying the church. And we're thinking we are the light of the world. We are doing well. But you know what? When we meet these people that is in darkness, in the church we must rebuke them. But in the world we must be gracious to them. Seasoned with salt, we must bring them the taste of Jesus. We must bring them the love of Christ. We must bring them the salvation of Jesus that can transform their lives so that they can see that they can receive light and they can know who they are and they can find themselves, their identity in Jesus Christ because He knows who they are. He knows them from before they were born, when they were still in their mother's tomb. He already knows them by name, already knows them by gender. They will be confused. To rebuke them is not going to help us. We're just going to push them away. But what we should do is rebuke those in the church that is compromising and bringing these things into the church and makes it acceptable and therefore sweets off our lights. Because we allow darkness in, which means the light is absent. That's why darkness is there. And if we allow a gay pastor to be the leader of a church, we have just switched off the lights of the church. We have just allowed darkness to come to the pulpit, to corrupt and to deceive. Because sin will always take you much further than what you are willing to go. Sin will take you much further than what you are willing to sign up for. Sin is a destruction, destruction in the process of death. The wages of sin is death. It's going to end up in death. Now it's only destroying and hurting and bringing pain and confusion and whatever else that comes with that. But the end of it is death. We who have the light can step into this darkness and rescue them from death. We can bring them out of death into the glorious light, into the glorious eternal life. That is the gift of God in Christ Jesus for everyone who will believe. 1 Peter, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience. We can't preach this sermon in the world, but we can preach it in the church. Because the church is the problem. It is time for us to let our light shine about who is Lord of our lives. We need to know God's will. This is eternal life, John 17, verse 3, that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. 
You see, to have the light, you need, you need to know Jesus. It's a personal, intimate relationship where He has become Lord of your life. Where you no longer live, but He now lives through you and me the new life that we have to live in Christ Jesus. Do not be conformed to this world, Romans 12, verse 2, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. How can we know what is good, what is acceptable, what is perfect? Only through Jesus Christ. Not through our reasonings, not through our religion, not through our theology, not through our preaching, but only through Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Be holy as I am holy. This is the will of God. It's only those who are sanctified in Christ that will stand one day before Him and hear that incredible words, My good and faithful servant, come into my eternal rest. But for the rest will be that crazy words where they will say, Lord, but I've committed miracles in your name lord i've prophesied lord i've cast out demons and he will say go away from me for i have never knew you you who have served evil they are darkened in their understanding oh sorry i'll just keep apart let me just go back here so here's the question then why are the church not shining the light what is supposedly in us. Now I'm going to backtrack. Now I'm going to reverse the sermon. Let's go to chapter 4 verse 17. So I tell you this. I tell you this. Who is Paul speaking to here? The church. To those who claim to be the believers. Those who is the church of Jesus Christ, or at least claim to be the church of Christ. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord. So he says, I'm not saying something because it's maybe possible. I'm saying something to you because this is the truth. I'm witnessing to you what is facts when I'm speaking to you. And he does this on the Lord. You know when Aeneas and Sapphira fall down dead just because they took some of their own money and kept it for themselves after they told God that he's going to give everything to his kingdom. The purity of the church, right? Paul say, I insist on the Lord. I put my charts, I put my testimony based before the face of God who knows what is the truth. That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. So what is Paul saying? You say you're the church, but look how you think. You think like the world. You think like the Gentiles. You think like the unbelievers. You think like those who are in darkness. This word fertility, the fertility, the word, the, the original Greek word has two meanings. It's the meaning of vain, which means it's futile, it's, it's of no value, or it is pride. Pride. It also means proud. And so Paul here talks to the Christians in the mindset of the proudness of your thinking. You think you are good when you're not good. You think you are right when you're not right. You think you are following truth when you don't follow truth. You think you are the light when you are actually in darkness. 
So Paul speaks to the Christian and says, you cannot think like the Gentiles, because if you think like the Gentiles, listen what happened in verse 18. They are darkened in their understanding. It means their reasoning is cut off. Their common sense has been lost. Their ability to understand the things of God is gone. They don't know where they're going. They are in darkness. And when you and I as a believer stay back into darkness, then we have cut off the source of knowledge, the source of what is good, the source of what is right, the source of what is truth. And we start thinking like the world. Can you see why we compromise these things into the church? Why it's possible for us to celebrate Halloween in the church of Jesus Christ? Because somewhere we made a compromise. Somewhere we went into darkness and we thought it was fun to celebrate the day of the devil. And today, it's widely accepted in the churches in the Western world. You know how much money we spent on that garbage? You know what all that money could have done to the kingdom of God? If we've rather invested it in His kingdom, that is the light that can bring salvation unto a world, but we spend it on costumes and candy and rubbish, whatever you call it, and we say that's good. Somebody told me the other day, all I do is I put a little track in with the candy. I said, you think that's going to catch their attention? So you know the light, but yet you celebrate with them the death? You tell them what they do is okay, so you're going to support them in what they're doing good, and you're just going to ease your mind by putting a track in there? Is that really shining the light? No, you're hiding again. Why don't you tell them straightforward? You know what you are doing is you are celebrating the death. You are following Satan by doing what you're doing. That's what the light does. It exposes it. It doesn't put a track underneath the candy to settle your own mind. That's the futility of the thinking of the world. That's how the world thinks. That's not how we think in the light. Paul speaks to the church, you, I and you, must not be darkened in our understanding. They become ignorant. Listen to what he says. They become ignorant of what God wants them to know. And they became separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. So what's happening here? We become ignorant. We don't think of these things anymore. We don't focus on them anymore. We don't concentrate on them anymore. We become like the world. We think like the world. We act like the world. So when Paul writes chapter 5 and telling them how to show, shine their lights, he already shared this with them. He already told them what is the problem, why I have to share with you chapter 5. There is a major problem. That's why I'm sharing chapter 5 with you. And the problem is the futility of your thinking which have caused you to become ignorant, to become darkened in your understanding of what is good and right and true for God. And it has hardened your heart. You have become like the Pharisees. You have compromised God's word and purposes from your own religious ideas and justify your actions that looks more and more like those of the unbelievers. Verse 19, I've lost Listen, what is the end of this? This is what happened to those once their hearts becomes hardened. They have lost all sensitivity. They have given themselves over to sensuality as to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they are full of greed. ESV 
translate this to greedy to practice every kind of impurity. Sin becomes acceptable. Sin becomes the norm. And if we can live like the world, it's okay. We are acceptable that way. That's okay. Now we can be the light for Jesus because we become acceptable. You know what Jesus said? They've hated me first, therefore they will hate you too. If you are the light of Christ, you will be hated. You will be persecuted. You will suffer to be the light for Jesus Christ. Verse 20, that however is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which has been corrupted by his deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God. I want you to read this slowly. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's the shining church. That's the church that can be the light of this world. This is the church that can step into the darkness and expose the darkness and reveal truth into that situation and bring people to an understanding of salvation that can transform them to become a new creation in Christ Jesus. This is deliberate thinking. This is a mindset that I and you have to plug into. How do we plug into it? On Sunday mornings. And our daily Bible study. How well are you doing in your daily devotion? Are you a hungry, thirsty Christian? Because you never eat from the Word of God. So you cannot really deliberately thinking on the things of God. Because your mindset is never filled with the things of God. The Bible says, Jesus saying in Colossians, fill your minds with the things of heaven. What's heaven? Heaven is God. Fill your minds with the things of God. How do we fill our minds with the things of God? Through the Holy Word. Through the Word of God, Jesus. This is how we can fill our minds deliberately with the things of God. By daily reading our Bibles. And not just reading it, but thinking of it. Deliberately thinking about what I'm reading. As I'm today, what am I doing here this whole morning? I'm just explaining to you what I'm reading in the Bible. For the majority, I make a few practical examples, but for the majority, I'm just sharing with you what the Bible says. All the verses was on the board. I haven't said anything here that's not in the Bible. Every single word you've read for yourself on the screen today that's how we become holy and blameless and righteous before God when we start to love according to what we've just heard in chapter 5. It's time to let our light shine. I'm finishing with chapter 5. Because the rest, the rest part of chapter 4, he's telling us now that we have to put off the old man and put on the new man. We have to say no to the flesh and we must say yes to the spirit. And the next portions, he makes it very practical and say, don't speak like this, but speak like this. Don't do this, but do this. Don't do this, but do this. He helps them practically to understand, showing them how they didn't live according to the expectation of God. And then in chapter 5, verse 1 to 6. Now you'll see I'm going to end with 6 because 6 
is the beginning of where I start today. So we actually get back to our sermon, right? Therefore, therefore, the word therefore means, what must I and you do in reaction to this? What must we do this morning in reaction to that? Therefore, be imitators of God. That means shine Christ. It's time to let your light shine. Shine Christ as beloved children and walk in love. Shine the love of Jesus Christ. That's the light we must bring into the world. His love, his sacrificial love, his love that took him to the cross where he paid for our, all our sins. And, and then he died and it was done. And then he was buried, but then he rose on the third day so he can give us the light, that he can give us life. That's the love of Christ. We must shine it to a world. As we give, as he gave himself up, the gospel, that's what we must shine to the world. We are commissioned to go and tell them. We are commissioned to shine the gospel to them. It's not a choice. If you are the church, if you are a believer, you should be busy sharing Jesus Christ with the world. A fragrant, sweet-smelling offering. You must shine goodness. You must shine the goodness of Christ because he allows the sun to shine over the unbeliever as well as over the believer. The same rain that brings our harvest is the same rain that brings the harvest of the world. The general grace of God is what we must bestow upon the world. The salvation grace is what we need to shine to them as we live to them the goodness of Christ and sacrifice to God. We have to give. We have to give our time. We have to give our gifts. We have to give our abilities. We have to give ourselves. And we have to give our resources in order to shine the light of Jesus Christ. Number three, but sexual immorality, which is lust. Either in deed or in word, in sexual identity or whatever thoughts, Sexual morality and all impurity, which means anything that's unclean or holy, or covetousness, which really is only greed for the things that is of this world, must not even be named among you as it is proper among saints. Wow. We should not even talk about these things. Now we just say that in, in the rest of five as well, that we should not even mention these things. It shouldn't even be discussions. We should be so together on these things that we should never really have to talk about them in church because we all should know that abortion is wrong. We all should know that same-sex marriage is wrong. We all should know that Halloween is wrong. We shouldn't talk about this. The reason why we have to talk about it is because people of the church have allowed these things to be synchronized into the church. We've blended them into our religion and now it has become acceptable. Now we must talk about them in a rebuking way because we've tolerated them. We've compromised. We brought them in. We're not even supposed to talk about them. They should be so far removed from our minds which is like Christ that we should not even think. You see, if we all know the word, then we would have think with that mindset and not with the futility like the unbelievers to try and find excuses and compromise for them. We think about these things, we talk about them, and then we argue about them, and then we allow them, and then we tolerate them to try and keep peace. Let there be no filthiness, no foolish talk, no crude joking, obscene or vulgar joking, which are out of place. 
but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is greedy, covetous, such person is an idolater. He is a religious hypocrite. He is a Pharisee. He has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. I want to read it again. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, such a person is an idolater. You worship something else. You worship your own mind, your own thoughts, your own goodness, your own truth, your own ideas, your own compromise. Be for sure such people has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. See why, we, why are we here today? Because of verse 6. Verse 6 is the problem why our light is out. We have been deceived with empty words. Who are you this morning imitating? Is your light shining? Does the world hate you? With whom are you partnering? You're either going to partner with Christ or you're going to partner with darkness. But you cannot be in the light and in darkness simultaneously at the same side. You cannot have one foot in darkness and one foot in light. If you are in the light, then darkness must go. If you're in the light, then darkness must be go. gone. If darkness is still in your life, then you know you're in darkness. You're not in the light. You need to step out of darkness and come into the glorious light of Jesus Christ. He's waiting. The partner Christ commissioned you to be is to be clothed with righteousness, to be pure and blameless before God, to be holy as He is holy. It is time to let our light shine. It is time for us to let our light shine. I don't think we realize how near the time is. In six weeks, we lost three family members. 45 years old, 55 years old, and 68 years old. Nobody's old. Three of them in six weeks, just in our family. For them, it's over. For them, nothing can change any longer. For them, Jesus came. For them, they are standing before the judgment chair of Christ. We don't know how, many time, how much time we have. We don't know how many hours we have left. Is it worth to stand in the darkness of this world and compromise in Christ because you want to be acceptable? For the temporary, when God desires for you this morning to stand in His light for eternity, we don't have to fear death. Where death is only you changing your address to where you belong to go back home. It's time to let our light shine. The music guys can come forward as I'm going to pray. And this morning, I'm not going to stand here and pray with you. It's between you and God. It's not between me and you. It's between you and God. 
But you know, there's an altar, we call it an altar, and this is maybe a very low altar, but you know, the lower we go, the better, right? The more we surrender, the more we give. So it's fine if we go really low down here. Now I think I need to be here this morning too. I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself too. But this morning we have to examine, where am I standing? Am I in the light? Or am I still in darkness? Because I'm embracing the things of darkness. And the futility of my thinking. Is Paul maybe speaking to me this morning? And say, you, you, who say you're a believer, you, are you thinking like the world? Are you embracing darkness? Is your heart hardened? Well, Jesus is rebuking us this morning. He's saying, no, no. I want you to let your light shine. And the only way you can let your light shine is you'll come to me so that I can restore you. But I can make you blameless before me. But I can impute righteousness on you so that you'll be acceptable to me. This morning, God want to do it for you. Or you can just leave and continue. Or you can allow him to change. He wants to. That's why I sent you. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for the, the truth of your word, for the directness of your word, for the clarity of your word. And yes, Lord, we all stand before you. We allow things of this world to take our faith away. Take our trust in you away. We have compromised, Lord. We have compromised your holy church. With the folk we've allowed for it to come in, the excuses we brought, the reasonings, that's like the reasons of the unbelievers that we've allowed into the church. Father, we've stepped away from you. Jesus, we have denied you before the world by not being the shining light. And like Peter this morning, Lord, you've warned us, and you've warned us, and you've warned us. And this morning, the cow. and we have been forced found to be deniers when we were supposed to be your light Lord help us to no longer deny you in this world but to be the shining light in this world to come with that gracious heart of yours your loving and caring goodness and reach out to these people who are in darkness not knowing where they go let us be for them your beacon of hope your beacon of light your beacon of salvation. Let it begin with us. Let us become obedient. Let us turn to the truth of your word. Let us turn to the power of your spirit this morning. So that you can use us Lord, for your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.